BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, John, when we last talked, the trade deadline was so fresh in our minds and uh, good to be back now. Uh, a lot has gone down. Uh, we're going to get to a discussion of contenders and pretenders and what we've seen in some of these teams that have been put together since the deadline. Also want to talk a little Quinn Snyder being hired because uh, uh, I think that's really just a fascinating turn of events. We haven't seen anything like this in a while. However, we first must rule at least one team, maybe even two teams out of the playoffs. We've ruled out, yeah, I think we get, we get some work to do here because we've only ruled out seven, and obviously we'll have to rule out another seven. So we probably got to get get two ruled out here. All right, all right, all right. This will get interesting. <laughs> it, it will get interesting because there's some injury issues. I think we've certainly eliminated the low-hanging fruit um, and also maybe some higher-hanging fruit that shouldn't have been eliminated. But to recap, we, you and I have eliminated the same teams in the same order. So far, perhaps that will change this time. OKC, Houston, Detroit, San Antonio, Charlotte, Orlando, and Indiana. Last time we did this was February 1st. So uh, much has changed since then. Uh, Would you like the first pick or the second pick? Uh, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick first. Uh, I'm going to knock out the Chicago Bulls. And the reason I'm going to knock them out is because Washington winning that game last night in Atlanta was actually kind of huge. Their remaining schedule Mm. is so easy that I just think they're going to be very difficult to catch from behind. And I don't really see a pathway for Chicago after losing that game to Toronto to catch the Raptors or to catch the Hawks. So you ask yourself, who are the Bulls going to catch? Like, who is the team they're going to reel in while they're playing the way they're playing? Um, and, And I don't have a good answer for that. And so I think they could actually still play relatively well, maybe over these last 20 games. They're 28 and 34. Maybe they get to like, you know, if they go, if they get to 39 wins, let's say, you know, with an 11 and nine finish, that's still probably not enough. I think Washington beats that. I think Toronto Atlanta beat that. So I'm, I'm going to knock out the Bulls. That's a, that's an interesting call. They are at 34 losses right now. Uh, everyone else, uh, uh, unless you want to count the Pacers uh, as a team competing with them, uh, is at 32 or fewer. You mentioned the Wizards' easier schedule, uh, the loss to the Raptors last night, and obviously the Wizards would project as the 10 seed right now. So, And then if you're going to talk about the Bulls getting to the 8th seed, which is kind of where you need to be to like feel pretty good about making the playoffs, and you obviously you've got a puncher's chance anytime you make it into the play-in. Although, worth yeah. noting that no 10 seed has ever won a, a game, although we've we're, I got a small sample size there. So 
Yeah, I mean, for them to even get up to nine, having to pass two teams does seem unlikely. I think, though, I'm going to change up here. Okay. I'm going to change up. I might go to the other conference, and I'm going to eliminate the Utah Jazz from the playoffs. Yes. They they may even make it in to the play-in. Like that's that's not impossible to me. Correct. Although their loss to the Spurs last night doesn't at home was not amazing. Having seen this team, and we'll see whether Colin Sexton is, is able to come back and be effective, but their lack of shooting and lack of passing is definitely a problem. And they just don't have. They've got a lot of bad players in their rotation right now. Which they did. They they didn't all year. But then after the trade deadline, right. it's like okay. <laughs> Simone Simone Fontecchio, here we go. You know, I, I mean, I've got more hope for him than some of the guys <laughs> that they well, have. They, I mean, like he did, he yeah. at least made shots in Europe, right? Like that's he hasn't yeah. yet in the NBA, but maybe he can find the find the range. Uh, hey, uh, how many game winning dunks have there been this season? Simone Fontecchio as as one of them. That's true. So that's true. Uh, and yeah, the Jazz are thirty one and thirty two, but everyone else in the West is going to be really trying hard. Uh, and I think because they're very inexperienced also, and I think if you did get into a one-game situation like the Bulls, you could construct a narrative, right? Like, uh, we're eliminating two teams, so I'll probably have to just do the Bulls after this anyway. <laughs> but but I, I would, you know, I want to preserve the order. And I think the Jazz, even if they get there, it's just, you know, to win, like, they're definitely not going to get into the top eight, you would think, to have home court. I mean, that seems almost impossible with some of the firepower that's ahead of them. And then... It seems like they just have so many weaknesses. Like they don't. Okay, like Larry Markinen, yeah, all right. But he's someone who I think you can, if he's your only guy, you can kind of adjust to take him away with some of the non-shooting and passing they have on this team. The lack of experience. Like the Bulls, you could see DeRozan goes off, Levine goes crazy. You know, maybe Vooch hits a bunch of threes. Like you kind of see how they might just be dangerous in a one or two game setting. So here's where I'll agree with you. Conditional on them getting to tenth, I would I would prefer to have the Bulls than the Jazz, right? To enter that play in yeah. tournament with. I just think that Utah is better positioned to to get to 10th right now. Yeah. I, I mean, and that might be, uh, well, I, I mean, ultimately you're, so uh, I guess, but I'll, so, so that's the Jazz. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about these two teams here re- real quickly before, uh, I, I mean, I guess, well, let, let's, uh, were you going to go Jazz with your next pick? I, I guess. The I Jazz were going to be my next pick. Yes. I, the yeah. only and other I, possible Bulls, pick. Uh, for me that that I thought about was the Lakers but I, I still think there's this there's this puncher's chance of like they get LeBron back and it's a it's and they're the 10th seed and they play two games and then they make it well y- uh, you know what though man I, I mean the Blazers they, are right in it for me too though I mean their team is basically Dame right now <laughs> Oh my goodness. Some of these lineups, right? Jeremy Grant. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, I mean, maybe they could just be better defensively because they're playing like Thibel now and some of these groups and stuff, but they just have a lot of, like like, no Simons. When Dame is off the floor, they're going to be miserable. Like the fact that Simons. Oh, those those Keon Johnson minutes at the backup point guard. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly because they have like literally no replacement for Simons either. And I mean, you you never want to count out Dame in like a one game situation, but uh, I, I mean, I guess I'm just like, oh, I'm 
do I really that like the Lakers also could fall out of it you would think but and especially AD not playing tonight is not particularly encouraging and like no Russell either like they have so many injury issues but they at yeah. least have like enough depth with NBA players like I think they can defend in most of their groups now so um yeah I mean and, and for Chicago you could like one if one of the they're in 11th right if one of the teams above them like suffered some injury issues I could also just kind of, I mean, they, I guess they are seven games behind the Nets at this point. The Nets don't I know. That's right funny you say that. I looked at them potentially catching Brooklyn, and I was just like, no, nah, there's too much. There's too much ground to make up. Yeah. I think the Nets will play a little bit better than they have been recently. So, yeah. All right. I, I'll knock out the Bulls, particularly because I think we only have time to discuss two teams anyway <laughs> before we get into our <laughs> other stuff. So, uh, uh, do you want to talk? Let, let's talk Bulls first here uh, and just where they are right now as a team. I think they have no tanking incentive right now because of the Orlando pick, but I think they need to think really hard about what they are and where they're going after this season. Uh, should they trade DeRozan or Levine? Uh, do they even want to bring back Vooch? Uh, what, what, what are they going to be going forward? I think the Lonzo, at this point, you have to look at Lonzo as probably being $42 million in dead money these last two years. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say it's more likely that he ends up being a long-term injury exclusion than that he gets back to his previous level at this point. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if it's determined to be a career-ending injury, it's possible they could get that $21 million put back on their cap in 24. Um, but he still won't be playing basketball for them, right? And yeah. they, they, I, I just don't think... Levine, DeRozan, Vooch is is enough to get you beyond average, and even that's a pretty best case scenario. I think Patrick Williams just kind of being a guy and not having any any star value really hurts. I think that was one of the things they were looking at. That if this guy pops, then we really have something. I, I think it's I think it's time for them to rebuild. Party like it's 2017, baby. <laughs> Except, of course, they had a much better player and a much better team. Like the 2017 Bulls team, at least you could construct a way in which they might have been able to get to like you know being a solid playoff team with butler for a few years and they rebuilt never really got there um it's pretty crazy what larry markinen has become given what the situation was for him in chicago and oh i mean even given what it was in cleveland too that's yeah totally yeah know what they had in him but and credit the jazz for what they've been able to accomplish larry markinen would be a pretty amazing fit on this basketball team wouldn't he at the four wow but yeah, they, they, he would never. He wouldn't shooting ability. Yeah, and, yeah. but he he wouldn't have gotten the reps. Uh, obviously, uh, with the Levine and DeRozan and Vucevic there. Yeah, it, it's for the Bulls. It just you don't really see what the path is to get that much better. I mean, they the fact. I mean, maybe what you could say, John, is like if they could add a four who could shoot and defend a little bit. I mean, they could possibly make a trade. Maybe Patrick Williams could be part of that trade that that might change it because they actually have been like shockingly competent defensively this year. And I think some of that is smoke and mirror shooting loss. Caruso has been so good at that end. Yeah, I I think you need to investigate all options if I were them. I don't know that it's an automatic rebuild. And you think, hey, we got DeRozan, we got Levine, maybe Levine, he gets a full summer to do something other than rehab he can get back to where he was 
a couple of years ago, and now DeRozan is going to fall off a little bit. I think they, you know, re-signing Vooch for, you know, maybe a, a two years, $40 million or something like that, you know, where it's just kind of like, hey, there's not much opportunity cost here. Although, I will say, or, or maybe even they sign him to just a big one-year deal, the second year non-guarantee, because they could actually have a bunch of cap space in, in 24. 24. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, even, they could, even, if they could even get... Even if Lonzo's yeah. still on their books, they could have a bunch of cap space in 24. Yeah. Yeah, and if they could find a way to just get more shooting at the four and get this offense to where the talent that's on the roster kind of indicates that they should be at and they can maintain this defense reasonably well, like maybe there is hope for them to get back to at least being, you know, around where they were two years ago as like a a sixth seed, fifth seed, something like that. So I would investigate that, but obviously you have to also investigate the trade value of basically anyone on the roster as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think DeRozan Um, is probably... Probably yeah. the key key piece of that going into the final year of his deal. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Are you going to extend him at this point in time? Uh, and you know, who's the Lakers seemed like an obvious trade partner. I wonder who who else would. I mean, because as good as DeRozan is, he obviously can be like a tough fit at times. I still maintain that like him going back to the Raptors would make a ton of sense. <laughs> that was that was good. That was right on the tip of my tongue. Um, I said that even two years ago, and that that would have been a great signing for them in, in the end. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just it's got to be disappointing that they cashed in all their chips in the Vucevic move, and then a winning one playoff game is going to be the apex of that era. I mean, that is a very tough pill to swallow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, they and rushed, they're still they, they, they yeah. just they just rushed into it and for no reason, and this is what you get when you yeah. you know it's like the same thing with Minnesota. Like when you just jump in too early with it with a team that isn't <laughs> that isn't worth going all in on like no you gotta you gotta keep building for a while longer before you make that kind of move yeah well and also i think both gobert and vucevic and you could throw Dejounte murray in here too that just they weren't the kind of players that i think those teams it, thought that they were at least not going forward correct anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a show room rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style so level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com and use the code per easy to remember because john invented it use per to get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that per code to let them know you came from us I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. 
It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash per okay how about from utah's standpoint here i think it would have been very convenient for them even after the break if they could have started tanking but they've won some games they're just you know larry Markin is pretty good they've got some other guy like walker kessler has been solid the coach is really good yeah. so it seems like they're gonna just kind of end up in that 10 range yeah they i the mean draft, basically maybe even more they had a perfect tank set up and then inadvertently acquired an all-star forward and an elite rim protector and so now they <laughs> now they ended up with an average team instead uh that they, they'll probably be bad the rest of the way it going forward though what what is this team uh i still think they have some holes uh what are they going to do with with jordan clarkson and free agency is you know is o'shea Agbaji really anything or is he you know just a whatever back-end rotation guy does kelly olenic have trade value is sexton it, what what is sexton i mean he's a very divisive player i would say still uh and then they, like they have cap room they're gonna have picks so they're 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 positioned well obviously especially with these future minnesota picks and i i just don't know if they'll be better next year than this year i think that i think that's it would be difficult for them to be better next season given what given what they lost in the trade and what they're possibly going to lose in the offseason yeah they have 54 million in cap room without clarkson is what i project them for right now and they're going to have three first round picks they'll have theirs they'll have minnesota's there is a little something to be said that if they could win and get ahead of minnesota that that could then you kind of it's kind of six to one half dozen the other there where if you win and you get into the play and you push minnesota out that then maybe you're or if you don't make it in and Minnesota does, like it's kind of one of the two, you you kind of have a little bit of a hedge there with the, the Minnesota unprotected pick that they own. And then, of course, they also have uh, the number 25 projected number uh, overall pick, uh, the worst of Houston, Brooklyn, and Philly this year from the O'Neill trade. Yeah, I just, I wonder, I mean, they've had so much success but then still the overall plan of how you get this team back into being a solid playoff team. Is it just, hey, let's make all these draft picks and or maybe we try to trade up in this year's draft. That, that usually is very expensive. They have all these picks going forward as well. Future picks that they could use to try to identify players that they really like. Now, OKC could be doing the same thing. But I mean, le- next year's team, you think unless there's some big revolution is a 35 win 
in type of outfit, maybe 40 if they play better. So do you use that cap space to, to try to I, just improve the team? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure they're going to go too far into that. And I'll tell you why. Uh, yeah. 2024 first round pick, uh, top 10 protected to uh, OKC, right? Huh. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so maybe they're just going like, to, but it's like, like I, they have too many good players. Hang, now, hang, yeah. hang around 30 yeah. wins for another year and then make your move. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind too is they probably are going to want to leave some cap space open for the off season of 2024 so they can renegotiate and extend Larry Markkinen. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like even even with the hundred and fifty percent being the new extension maximum, that's, that that's probably not isn't enough, enough for, him. for him. Yeah, yeah. So they, they uh, won't want to quite overcommit there either, uh, and they they will not be able to renegotiate and extend him until next summer. It has to be three years after he signed the contract with Cleveland. So they couldn't do that this summer or at right. any point during the the twenty three twenty four season. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating what they do, and it, like they've almost been a little bit too successful. They would have loved to obviously get one of these top draft picks, but they, I mean, who knows where they could end up with you know the number ten seed lottery and maybe they get some luck to get into the top four or something like that too okay let's talk uh quinn snyder getting hired by the hawks this is your abode what do you think so i think i'm, I'm less confused from the hawks perspective than i am from quinn snyder's perspective i guess like the, the hawks got themselves a top five coach like this is a no-brainer like yeah do that top five coach huh you, you don't think so Ah, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I would probably go more in the top ten range. I think there was an, there was an argument for him at times in the last couple of years. I mean, certainly okay. a, a guy that I look at as a very good coach, a guy I think I think of as being a difference maker for sure. Yeah, yeah. So top, top five. That's I mean, I guess our coach rankings. We'll, we'll we can really find out. Hey, he'll be back. Into <laughs> exactly. It exactly yeah sayonara nate mcmillan i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna zigzag on you put him 17th when we do that show um no so in all seriousness uh i i thought from atlanta's perspective okay yeah let's get a let's really get a guy and not just promote a assistant or whatever um and they went out and got him so so you know good on them i think tony wrestler actually spending the money to to get the guy surprising people so again Good well, well think Hawks. of how much he's saving on think of how much he's saving on Nick Rustler's salary as the lead decision maker. <laughs> and that's where you get into what is this really going to look like? Because I do think Snyder's going to have a lot of juice in personnel. It usually gets really tricky when that's the case. Um, you know, Popovich, I'd say, would be the glaring exception in San Antonio. And mm-hmm. so that that part's going to be tricky because the Hawks have some hurdles here in terms of their cap, in terms of owing draft picks from the Murray trade, uh, in terms of Murray not really being extendable and him being a free agent in 24. Like there's, yeah. there's he might, they here. might be able to, they might be able to get him with the 150% if that comes in. For those who missed it, by the way, Shams reported, I think yesterday that they're going to increase the percentage that you can increase a guy's salary in a veteran extension from 120% to 150%. That might, that might be able to get it done. That might, like 27, 28 million a year. 25. That, especially because he's, is that all it is? 25? 20, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. That's 8.8 to 17.7. gets you 26. Right. I, yeah, but then he can get the 8% raises from there. So it probably, it ends up being probably about 28 million a year overall. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm skeptical. I, I, if I would, enough. 
I I I think I would actually take that if I were Dejounte Murray personally. But uh, I, I just oh no, it, it I, I think like he could he, do better he, than that. In twenty four unrestricted free agency, I think he could definitely do better than that. He's been good this year. Yeah, I guess you you would have a better view of that than me, I suppose. So so why did Quinn Snyder take this job then? Just the money and the power, you think? Uh, I think it was I think it was those two. Th- I mean, obviously, it seems like he had some level of comfort joining forces with Kyle Korver and Landry Fields, and but I. To me, it, it had to be that. Like otherwise, you might feel like he's better off waiting on, you know, do the Clippers job or the Sixers job or one of these other jobs come open this summer? That's really one of the plum jobs with a quote unquote contender. Um, it, and- it seems impossible that the Clippers would come open. I, I think ev- everyone loves Tyloo too much for that. I would think. Uh, I, okay, think so? I no, yeah, I, you, you're hearing differently. I just, I mean, look at the season they're having. Like, come on, like, but Palmer's. Bomber's not like I, I think, this guy that yeah. exudes patience. Uh, I, yeah, I think I th- in general, like, Ty Lue is viewed, while we're on the yeah. topic, I th- I think there's going to be a lot of coach movement this this off season. We'd have we'd have we've had three jobs change already. I think there will be at least seven others that change this off season. That's where I'm setting the over under. Ooh, okay. I would say Monty Williams before Ty Lue. As, That's as definitely the, one to watch. Because, yes. Yeah. Um, and that would be, be another one. Well, where well, well, this is a better a better topic. Better topic for our coach rankings, maybe. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, let me let me make a note of that. that. Seven jobs. John says seven jobs could change. That's including the other three, or seven more. Seven more to make it a total of ten for the season. We already had because we already had Boston, Brooklyn, and Atlanta, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Boston was kind of a weird one, but uh, I guess it did happen. So, but yeah, but back to Quinn Snyder. Yeah, it seems like, and you know, he won this power struggle in theory with Dennis Lindsay in Utah, and then they immediately brought in Danny Ainge over the top of him. And I think then, yes, also the fact that you know maybe maybe Quinn Snyder would have preferred in Utah to just continue to try to work with that same group um but obviously Danny Ainge wanted to go in a different direction I think he was correct in that and so yeah without any kind of really long-term established voice this kind of reminds me a little bit of the Mike Budenholzer situation in Milwaukee I I think Mike has at least you know pretty decent say in personnel judging by the number of times they've acquired George Hill so Mm -hmm. I I think and this is somewhat (laughs) similar yeah exactly exactly although Bud is kind of the George Hill whisperer too but I think this is somewhat similar in the sense that you know when Bud came in there was it was supposed to be Justin Zanuck and obviously there were the ownership issues there as well I mean it seemed like they couldn't agree on some but then they went with kind of the inexperienced executive and uh yeah but I, I mean I agree with you with Snyder that I mean maybe he's just really a believer in the personnel that they have but I I this doesn't seem to have a lot of upside I mean this feels maybe now there this is kind of bird in the hand uh for Snyder and I laud the Hawks for making the offer necessary to get him because I think he probably might would have had better offers but Snyder didn't know that and I think he wanted to get back in Mm -hmm. what do you think though in terms of just his fit there the way he wants to coach the effect that that might have on personnel going forward uh I think he's going to make the Murray-Young pairing in the backcourt much more, uh, what's the word, symbiotic, like have them actually playing off of each other and doing more stuff where they, I mean, honestly, I mean, even in two games with Joe Prunty, you saw more of it uh, than under McMillan. But yeah, I I expect more of that. I really question what John Collins' role is going to be. 
Mm. The Hawks were last in three-point attempt rate. All Snyder's Utah teams were top five in rate. They just acquired Sadiq Bey. They finished the game last night with Sadiq Bey at four. I, I just think that the handwriting is on the wall there that I don't even know if they're going to be able to move that contract right now or, or what they can get for him. But as long as Collins can't shoot and he, he still, you know, we've talked about this before ever since he hurt the finger. He hasn't going to be make, it, make anything. I mean, the Wizards... Uh, right before he came out last night, I mean, they left him wide open from the three-point line, and he clanged that thing. Um, it's, I, I just don't see how you can you can become more three-point oriented with this Atlanta team and leave Collins in the mix as a as a as a heavy usage four. Like he's, you're almost better off moving him to five and trading a Kongwu, right? And yeah. and alternating or maybe between trading, Capella and Collins at five. Yeah, yeah. or maybe trading uh, Capella as well. You know, that's that's another thing that could maybe happen. I mean, yeah, John Collins, I think people just don't realize how much he's fallen off. And yes, you could say, ah, you know, he's dispirited or whatever. And it's like, well, I mean, he's not shooting 25% from three because he's depressed. <laughs> right? right? Like, I, I mean, I, generally, my default is you are what you're putting on film. And it, it hasn't been, he hasn't done as much as an offensive rebounder either. So I, he just is, it really is. It, and yeah, he's been de-emphasized, but he also that's part of it is because he hasn't merited those touches the way he used to. Yeah, and we saw this with Snyder before. The big pain point between he and Dennis Lindsay was Lindsay wanting to go with Favors and Gobert, and Snyder would have to start those guys, and then he would yes. put in Jay Crowder or whoever it was, and and never go back to that uh, after the beginning of the half. So I, I think we're going to get to that point pretty quickly here. And the Hawks are like, oh, we're not going to just dump John Collins. Actually, yeah, they, that that's no, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it'd be interesting. And now he at least has a chance to evaluate this group uh, before he makes his request to the front office. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, already $7 million over next year's tax, by the way, Atlanta. I mean, theoretically, they could cut that number a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm sure Vit Cresci will not actually be on the roster next year. But uh, th- those roster spots still need to get filled, though. So it, it doesn't, it, it just comes right back on their books. So they got to cut money somewhere, basically. You know, it would have been a great, hey, this guy's on this team now. Bruno Fernando, back in Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> he, uh, at least for another 20 game. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Are you sure it's going to be 20? <laughs> what? Oh, in terms of just like they actually make the playoffs? No, I'm, in terms of like they're not oh, required they to might keep cut him the roster faster. the rest of the year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Okay, let's uh, let's talk a little contender or pretender here. You wrote about this. I didn't look at it yet, but I know since it's percolating in your mind, wanted to talk about it. And let's just put like three minutes on the clock for each of these teams. And basically, what the way I wanted to define it is, we wouldn't be shocked if they got to the conference final. So that to me is a contender. Once you're getting to the conference finals, you're probably mm-hmm. pretty happy. I don't think anybody is getting fired if you make it to the conference finals, unless it's just a complete meltdown down or something like that's for basically any team this year that's I, I think that would be considered a successful season maybe with a couple of exceptions so i'll give you the first put, pick here let's put three minutes on the clock what do you want to discuss first contender or pretender uh all right so the celtics and bucks are obviously contenders right we don't need to talk about them right no no we don't and those to me are the two teams i look at right now that have established being a quality team on both ends and the bucks have had their difficulties but i think they have enough offensive talent they have yeah it's like there are things that are very difficult to stop hopefully they'll shoot shoot it better from three obviously the celtics are a good two-way team so that's those to me are the only teams where i'm like all right i feel pretty good about their playoff offense and defense everyone else i got question marks about uh let's talk about the denver nuggets because on paper they have all the prerequisites of the of a contender are and in fact are the only team in the western conference that does pretty amazing they're projected to win 57 games right now grizz 51 and then nobody else projected to win more than 46 i suspect that we're gonna see more teams getting into the high 40s as some of these teams get injured or start tanking or whatever wins are just easier to come by in the last 20 games so i I think we'll see so that that has historically been true but the Mm play-in has changed things and a lot of these teams we're talking about don't have many bottom feeders left on their schedule. Hmm. Yeah, I still think though, like some, it, it just becomes clear even in the last two weeks, some of these teams are just not going to get there. Or you know, I mean, if the Lakers, if LeBron just doesn't come back for four weeks, like they're they're probably going to just eventually shut guys down just because it doesn't make sense to keep playing them. Or yeah, I could see uh, that definitely. So Blazers is another candidate. Yeah. Jazz maybe the last two weeks. Like, like somebody, some of these teams are going to be out of it, and it's just like all right, we're we're done here. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. As, maybe you're right that it's different this year. I April basketball finds a way to suck. <laughs> That's, <laughs> that has been my... <laughs> My theory, uh, yeah, but back back to Denver. We're uh, we're ex- we wasted our our three minutes. We'll start restart the clock on that. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, a contender by the sense that they would likely be favored to make it to the West Finals based on the home court, based on the fact that they might have a you know, matchups that they feel pretty good about. I think the fact that they've been Clippers kryptonite, they have to feel pretty good about at least if they get that matchup, and also just some of these teams, Suns. Are they going to make it there healthy? They've got some depth issues. Warriors, who knows about them? Mavs don't have any depth either. I would probably favor the Nuggets or the Grizzlies or Kings. So I think they got a decent chance of making it. So by this definition, they are contenders. I wouldn't be shocked if they won the NBA championship, but I would still be surprised just because it's so hard to simply outscore teams four series in a row. I would be, I feel like I would be surprised if they actually won the championship, but I would not be surprised to see them in the finals. And it'll depend a little on how the bracket lays out, I guess, too. But they're going to have, I mean, Denver's home court advantage is a little more severe than some other teams, too. And they'll have it in in every series. And I was talking to somebody about this 
this this week because I was talking about the concerns about Jokic and the playoffs. They're just going to put him put him in pick and rolls. And basically, this person's point was, who gives a shit? They're going to score on every play. <laughs> like you're you're not going to be able to stop them, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, like I said though, I mean, you're just if the there are going to be games where they're not going to shoot well from three. Like they've been a great shooting team this year, but some some games you just aren't going to do that. And so just to not have anything to fall back on if you don't have a great offensive game. And I, I mean, I agree with you. I think Nikola Jokic is one of the greatest offensive forces we've ever seen. And their numbers with him on the floor this year are just completely ridiculous. But I, I just think, and also if they run into a team that at least like a Phoenix or a Golden State, that at least has some, has a guy who can at least prevent Jokic from like putting him in the goal, right? Like like to where at least they got to go to some of this secondary stuff where they can get the ball out of his hands and so make some of these other guys beat them. Uh, and, you know, going pick and roll at Nikola Jokic every single time is like that can also wear him out in the playoffs. Like I, I've just, I still am skeptical that they can get all the way there uh, because of, I just don't think they can be a good playoff defense. Also like the bench, the Michael Malone, all bench units, like that's a concern to me too. I don't like that aspect of it. You can have games I, where I Jokic actually, gets in foul trouble. Yeah. I actually feel better about their bench now. Um, bringing in Reggie, uh, Flacco, we haven't talked about Flacco Chansar. <laughs> that was there was a great call uh by your buddies in Memphis where uh John Morant blew by Chanchar and he called him a uh, no chance Chanchar. <laughs> He's actually not bad defensively, but that was it, no, he's not gonna be able to slide his feet yeah. with John Morant. Um Memphis Grizzlies, contender or pretender? Yeah, I that va- I vacillate on these guys. Um I actually, it's not that they're disappointing exactly, but they haven't really, they haven't really leveled up from where they were a year ago. And the, the bench isn't as strong, which isn't going to matter in the postseason. And and that's one of the reasons they're going to win fewer games this year. But half court offense, shooting, like they feel very schemable when you get to a playoff series. I worry about that a lot with them. Probably not in the first round, but when you get to a second round series, I worry about that a lot with them. That, that I just don't know if they're going to be good enough to get out of a second round series against a good team that can just scheme for what they do every single day i'm very concerned about their lack of two-way players and reliable players we've talked about that before yeah i do think that Ja, although he himself has not been incredibly efficient this year i do think that he is good enough to really be a problem for teams in the playoffs that that gives their offense at least some kind of a baseline and obviously they can still run they can still offensive rebound like that that gives you something i don't think their offense is just gonna be terrible in the playoffs if as long as everyone is healthy and i think their defense is their defense is easily the best in the west like who, nobody else is even like remotely decent right now i mean maybe the warriors get yeah. there if they're fully healthy and they get gary payton back that's yeah i don't no, think that the Clippers be, can get there at this point that would be their cheat code i mean when to, with jackson and brooks on the floor together especially i mean they're they're just so good on that end that that maybe maybe that ends up being enough to get them to conference finals yeah but so, some of their bench guys are less impressive defensively again you know they don't have of Melton and Kyle Anderson. No, now it's, Man, now they it's just, Luke, yeah. Luke Kennard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Kennard gives them a different element, uh, of course, too, as a shooter. And he, he definitely, like, absolutely killed the Nuggets the other day. So I'm, uh, you know, I still, like, I don't think it's obvious that the Nuggets would beat the Grizzlies in a series at all. Do you, like, uh, to me, that series is, like, kind of a toss-up. I think both these teams have, like, massive matchup advantages against the other. 
Yeah, I, Grizzlies have done pretty well against Denver the last couple of years, if I recall correctly. That that'd be an interest. That'd be an yeah. interesting one in a, in a conference final. The, they've both smacked the shit out of each other in home games this year so far. Um, I mean, I you know I don't like Stephen Adams has never guarded Jokic well. Like I, I think Denver is probably best equipped of maybe any team to score against this Grizz defense, and you could put Jaron in foul trouble. Although eh, pretty much every team seems to be able to do that. But then like Denver is probably terrible against the Grizz because they don't have any rim protection uh Jokic is really slow getting back so so they can push the ball up uh, there's so I I think there's you know you just this is one of these put Jokic and pick roll even if they want to put Jokic up at the level like Jock can just go around him even then mm-hmm. so I, I think I think these it would be kind of a shootout between those two teams I'm not sure which would win it I mean Nuggets maybe because they have home court but would you um, be shocked if Memphis yeah. won the championship shocked I mean what's shocked under five percent chance I, I would I'm give them say, over yeah under, under five are they an under five percent yeah the, yeah. the, the Daryl the Daryl Morey rule right the, if you have a five yeah. percent chance you yeah. go for it like they, they had enough championship equity that I was saying, hey, you should go for it at the trade deadline. Apparently, they tried to. I think okay, you're back. Yeah. They are oh, kind sorry, of right ahead. on the line for me. There are four teams that I think are kind of right on the 5% line for me, and they're one of them. I, I think Denver is clearly above that line. Yeah, I, I would I would not be shocked if, by our definition, I would not be shocked if they make the conference finals. They're the number two seed. You know, they, uh, yeah. And I think, while I do think the teams below them have more potential, like we just haven't seen them reach that potential yet. It's all theoretical. These these guys have, have proven they can be good when they're at full health. Um all right. Can All right, we talk about here. the Next team? One. Yeah, I because I got into an extended argument with myself over this in, in my column at the Athletic. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. As far as making it to the conference finals, I would consider them contenders. I would and say clearly with now, that, because then yeah. you're talking about winning. I, I think they'd be a heavy favorite in a three-six series, and then you're talking about winning one series against the Bucks or Celtics. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd yeah. sign up for that. I like their matchup against the Bucks much more than the Celtics. I agree with that. Why do you say that? I, I mean, I'm probably overreacting to the last game I went to, but to see Tatum having, if not the worst game of his life, certainly something for the short list, and Philadelphia is still unable to beat them at home, I guess was kind of eye-opening to me. Yeah. T- Tatum has a lot of worst games of his life, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, he can go crazy, but I also think he he is kind of a lower floor player than a lot of these superstars are. Like, he'll he'll have more games where he just looks really bad than uh-huh. you know say like a luca or something like that yeah uh but uh, all right yeah so so this is the sixers um what do we not like about their matchup against the celtics and what do we like against Buck? uh celtics i thought were able to hurt them with the with the three ball uh from the bigs i mean the bucks would probably try to do that with brooke lopez but i i just think you worry about that maybe a little less uh yeah, I mean, I mean, the Bucks don't, they p- kind of play, I mean, they don't play five out because of Giannis, number one, but number two, they don't like have the level of ball movement and shooting and like kind of the handoff game. They're not like beating you with like cuts to the rim or like quick hard drives the way that a Boston is. And I think that's what really can kind of stress out not only Embiid, but also Harden. Uh, Harden they also, Maxie, the Celtics are just yeah. much better. Yeah. Or Max, like the Celtics are in a much better position to play mismatch basketball than the Bucks are. And that I think is a big problem for the Sixers because they have a lot of mismatches to exploit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're another one when you talk about the lack of two-way players that, that I think it, they get hurt by that. 
and yeah, they're better they, than they were last year, but they still, clearly, you know, James, clearly. James Harden and Maxi are our issues. Yeah. And then, so what happens? They end up starting Melton, but he, he's a good player. I don't, I don't know if he totally fits with that group either. They kind of could use a real number three guy and Tobias Harris isn't, isn't really that guy, uh, anymore. I don't think, uh, Tucker is what like offensively. I just well, I really just see what happens in the playoffs with him offensively. Like how brazenly teams will ignore him. Well, but I think he is he to me has more value against the Bucks too as a guy who can guard Giannis. Like the, the Sixers being yes. able to have two guys who can guard Giannis, like Embiid, we've seen him do it at the end of games as well. I, I think that's really interesting. I think the Sixers when they want to play mismatch ball, the Bucks. With the addition of Crowder, they're in a little better position, but generally you've got a Grayson Allen or a Joe Ingles or a Bobby Portis on the floor that you can go after. Uh, the Bucks only have one guy who can guard Embiid in Lopez. So I, I, I like, I mean, I think the Bucks have more talent. I think Giannis is better than anyone on the Sixers, but I think the Sixers do kind of match up a little this bit. This matchup, yeah. I, I've, I've thought that since the start of the year, that that, that, that yeah. Sixers-Bucks matchup would be kind of dangerous for Milwaukee, even if they had a better team if you laid it out on paper now if i'm the sixers i think that i would have loved if i were them to get in a position to be the number one seed like they were two years ago and make the celtics and bucks play each other but they're now three games behind the celtics and four behind the bucks in the lost column and 530 and the Sixers have really hard schedule too so 530 is projecting them to finish seven games behind both the celtics and the bucks yeah yeah i think philly only has seven home games left and and yeah they do they're going on a five game road trip right now they play miami again tonight like it it gets pretty tough from here i also if i'm the sixers i want no part of the miami heat in the first round i mean i i just saw miami beat them and just kind of bore them to death so i i sort of understand that but i i just don't i just i just don't think miami has enough talent to beat them in a seven game series maybe not but i just i i i know what happened last year and yeah yeah even with the addition of tucker and melton i don't want to be going up against a team that's just like clearly going to play harder than find the sixers like bam is oh. going to outwork well, joel and jimmy they butler might, they might want to miss guys. the playoffs then nate <laughs> Um, all right, my pick here. Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I mean, obviously they're not favorites, but is would you be shocked if they made it? I, I don't even say made it to the conference finals. If they did they have any chance of beating one of those top teams? I'll actually give them a chance. I I I think there might be enough with the bigs and with and with Mitchell's shot creation ability and ability to create difficult shot. I think Mitchell would have to be going bananas offensively because I, I don't know what else they're going to be able to do at a high level in a playoff series. But yeah, yeah the Garland I, pick I, and roll game could be interesting. But I could I could see I could see a pathway. Uh, I, that pathway would obviously be much easier if there was a a small forward on that team that I. I believed in they should uh trade for chanchar and they could pair him with dean wade who is like chanchar chanchar east <laughs> like kind of a three American. kind of a four she's dean, dean wade is better than chanchar by the way but yeah i think they're, they're similar players the, the american block I'm, I'm not sure That's i'm not sure what similarity i could possibly be pointing to but um i could see them giving the sixers trouble possibly that would have to be a uh, conference with, finals with, though yeah uh 
It would have to be a conference finals. Yeah, yeah, because if there's the three and four. I mean, the, the Knicks only two games behind the Cavs in the lost column. Mm. Unless Cleveland drops to six. But I mean, if if Cleveland's bad enough the rest of the I, way that they drop to six, I'd have a hard time turning around and picking them to beat Philly in the first round. Yeah, that's true. I guess they would be on the other side of the bracket regardless. Yeah, or I mean, I guess there's the possibility the Cavs could be the three and the Sixers could be the four as well. That is still on By the, the way, table if, because if, of Philly's yeah. schedule. Yeah. If the Knicks make it to the fourth seed, I can't wait to pick them to lose game five at home under Tom Thibodeau and lose the series 4-1 to the Cavs. <laughs> the, 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 the gentleman's sweep time. with home court is is really a, is really a rare it, treat. It would be the fourth time in Tom Thibodeau's career that that happened to BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, that next pick be, here for you. That would be amazing. Um, so Phoenix Suns. Yeah, what what is this team? KD is going to debut tonight. I mean, obviously, I, th- by this definition, we wouldn't be shocked if they got to the conference finals. I think you know, I think their upside is close to where everyone else sees it. I just see this whole endeavor as much riskier from both a health and a depth standpoint and a defense standpoint too than I think a lot of people uh, are viewing. I I agree. This is a this this team has more warts than I think people would uh, acknowledge. And so my, still, my default is that they're a contender. I I want to see it these these last twenty games and kind of see what it what it looks like with with Durant out there. And the other part, people forget what kind of condition his knees in. Um, but I I'll I'll default to that, especially in this West. I think historically getting to three versus being in the four or five matters a lot. I think the Suns have a pretty clear pathway to get to, to catch Sacramento for three, especially still playing them twice. And I think that would help them a lot. And if you're then going through the nugget through the bracket, playing a six seed in the first round, playing Memphis in the second round, uh I, I think that's a much easier pathway. Who is the six seed? Who is the six seed you're talking about them playing exactly? Who whoever whoever they'd be whoever they'd be playing. It looks like maybe I mean, Dallas or the Clippers or Golden State. Uh I mean that's uh I don't love any of those matchups for them as being like easy typical three six. I think we I think we got I think we got some paper tigers going on. Okay, but All right, we will we'll, we'll we will more. we will talk more. So uh, you know I think one of the nice things about acquiring Durant for Phoenix is now the fact they don't really have a reliable backup point guard doesn't matter anymore because they just they've got the three ball handlers you can kind of keep two of them on the floor at all times. If you got Booker and KD, you, you can just play Landry Shamet or Damian Lee 
as your other guard yeah. and, and you don't have to worry about I actually you know, think I mean, they'll play helps, Cameron Payne some yeah. This helps yeah. Landry Shamit a lot, I think, because like he can't yeah. dribble, but then man, he could as an open shooter, he's he's pretty potent and that he could create some problems for people. Yeah. Now he also uh hasn't played since January sixteenth due to right foot soreness, but presumably he'll be back at some point. Campaign I think is is close. And I mean, now how much can they get out of TJ Warren? I mean, th- that four position between Tory Craig, Warren, Darius Baisley, Josh Akogi, can they cobble together enough there? Yeah. Akogi's having a, having a nice yeah. year, but I worry about him in a playoff series. Obviously, they're not going to guard him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you have the ability to just isolate from mid range, you don't, that's the type of play that isn't, is probably the least spacing dependent. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, I and then worry, there's just so much. I do yeah. worry this yeah. this team's going to degenerate into a two point chuckathon. That that would pretty that would be. I mean, they could still do that more efficiently than anyone else, given the players they have. But it's still like not great offense. Yeah, um, and Chris Paul is going to need to make some spot ups, which he's been doing a little more this year. I think there's just there's a lot of pressure on DeAndre Ayton defensively right now, and a lot of pressure on KD defensively. Like I, I think they're kind of average as a playoff defense, but there are a lot of teams that are pretty average as a playoff defense in this Western Conference. Absolutely, but yeah, I mean, obviously they could they they can win they can win the championship. Although I I would be surprised. I I think just maybe next year they can get a little more reinforcements, but uh, particularly like. If they went up against a Milwaukee, uh, I think that it would be even even a oh. Boston too. I think Boston could could switch and just get them into just taking a lot of difficult shots and uh, and they have they have one guy who can guard Giannis and that's Aiton and he doesn't even do a good job. So I I like I could see that I like their chances better in the West than I do in the finals. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess we're to another team where you're saying wouldn't be shocked in the conference finals. Wouldn't be sh- wouldn't necessarily be shocked. To see in the finals would be kind of surprised to see him win a finals so john the golden state warriors i think are now a season best two games over 500 <laughs> so this is this is a, the yeah. last of the kind of four teams that i'm on the fence on about are they a contender or not and well they they did this last stretch here they apparently successfully navigated the curry injury like he's going to be back now within about a week they came out with that and yeah. uh like clay thompson is playing really well you know it sounds like they'll they're hoping to get gary payton back for the playoffs wiggins who that's actually kind of disturbing too i mean to have won these uh, all these three in a row uh, without wiggins and without curry and two of them without Draymond green that's i, I think that's actually pretty big for them so they could be right in it as far as you know being in the fifth seed fourth seed uh you know not necessarily being in the play if they're in the play and i think any of these teams if they're in the play and like you're just not going to win the championship from that position it's just too hard (laughs) right miss you miss a week you miss a week of rest which i think really is difficult especially for some of these veteran teams um so and this wiggins thing like this personal absence could linger like i mean it's that's really a concern for me that whether he's because they have to obviously get what they got from him in last year's playoffs too but these guys are still like all of the players on this team they haven't gotten it going together but they have all flat enough 
this season, except for maybe Jordan Poole, where you're like, hey, they do they do have it. If they if you can get all these guys clicking at the same time, like I still think they have the highest ceiling of any team in the West. Wow. I just think they've I mean, they've all been worse than last year, uh, with with maybe the exception of Curry. Curry's regular season last year actually wasn't that great, which gets glossed no. over because he was so good in the playoffs. Uh, I, um, I think I think Clay I think Clay is playing better now than he was playing. Uh I and I would actually say season, regular would, season, yeah. yes. I, I think Clay in the playoffs, especially in the Boston Boston series, is pretty damn good. Um, uh yeah, I mean he he summoned like three, four games of good defense. I actually think Draymond compared to where he was coming off the injury last year I think he might actually be as good as he was last <laughs> like he's actually shooting a little bit he's finishing okay like I think he's actually had a very underrated season um yeah I, I mean and, and the Peyton thing is really interesting and DiVincenzo has been awesome for them right like they he's had a I really nice stretch a, here yeah. especially lately yeah because yeah, he took a minute to get going but yeah he's been he's been good Looney's had a nice year uh Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins ha- I don't think have played at the level they did last year at all no um no not even close that that hurts and they're you know they're they're blasting themselves out of a really tough spot um defending champions historically i mean that is that is something and so to me to me that is the that is the one thing that's left to hang your hat on like there's there's nothing in this year's data that says this is a championship team like i'm, I'm sorry it's just not there um well what, but, what about uh plus 20 net rating with their starting one yeah but that's like 11 minutes <laughs> But it's also a group that was really good before this, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Obviously, the, like the, yeah. when the overall, like the Curry Green minutes are just like, yeah, whatever, you know, that which, yeah. which, well, I, mean, I think with, two- uh, with Steph, Draymond, and Clay on the floor together, they're plus eight. It's not unbelievable, but that's, it's something. Yeah. So I, I, I teeter on whether to put them in the contender class or not. And I think the the memories of, of that second Houston Rockets team with Olajuwon and Drexler like are still kind of burned in my head that mm. there, there there is there is something about teams the the fact that a team Never underestimate the heart of a champion, John. Well, now, never and, underestimate. And never underestimate the ability of a defending champion. I think because they've shown that they can succeed in that exact environment. Um, so I, there is that aspect where I give them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, if you can make it into the main draw, I might give you, you know, something around five percent. I think as long as they are healthy, especially if Peyton is back. If they're healthy and it's like in in a way that it's not like, okay, Andrew Wiggins is clearly a shell of himself. He's missed two months. Like he's just not, mm-hmm. he's just terrible. Like if, if they have like anyone looking even close to the way they looked last year, even for like three games at the end of the regular season, I will probably favor them in each individual series. It's just going to be a question of, you know, they're going to probably have home court in zero series, maybe at most, but they could, they could get the four seed. Uh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, think again, I don't could think also catching be in the Sacramento is is going to happen, but they could they could get up to four. Now Phoenix Phoenix is going to be a problem too, though. So we'll see, we'll see. I mean, if that's the four or five Suns Warriors, God, wow, that'll be right, right. But that's part be... of the problem when you end up in that part of the, yeah. you know, when you end up in that neighborhood. Now you gotta now you gotta play a crazy series just to get yourself out of the first round. Yeah, although I gotta say, also being the sixth seed, maybe not so bad. 
Yeah, especially if Sack stays at three. You see, if Phoenix is at three, well, I well that's that that's yeah. I mean, that's the that's what I'm basing it on. And they have a four game lead on the Suns right now in the loss column. Again, hard schedule. Suns, you expect them to play better, but Kings are probably still the favorite for that three seed. Yeah, Suns Suns would have to win both the head to heads, I think. And you know, the Lakers were like, oh yeah, we're gonna win, we're gonna get up to the sixth seed, and then we're gonna play the Kings in the first round. So, well, <laughs> get out of here, man. <laughs> I had to calm down a little on that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, obviously the Kings, they're going to get no respect here. People are going to be pissed off. They're going to be considered the worst three seed since the uh, 06 Oh, come Nuggets. on. The East, the East had some doozies in there, man. Let's let's not quite go there. As a three seed? I don't know, man. I'm like, who's the... Uh, as, yeah, that, that would be interesting to go back and look at. Uh, certainly the worst West three seed since 2006. You buy that at least? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And, and that was only... And the Clippers like tank their asses off to get into that matchup down the end of the season. But that, that was, was that wasn't even that was because it wasn't yeah. even the third best team though. It was like the right. seventh yeah. best team was awarded the three seed. So that's that's like a completely different thing. No, I agree. But are, are am I being too harsh on Sacramento? Obviously, it doesn't matter. It, I mean, unless they're playing the Wolves in the first round, it's impossible for me to imagine they'll be favored. Yeah, I think that I think you're right. They're going to have an unbelievable crowd. They will have the best crowd in basketball for sure. Yes. In that series. Yes. With that, yeah, that, that's going to be lit without a doubt, without a doubt. I think they could beat the Mavs. If it's the Mavs, I think they could beat them. I would not give them a chance against the Suns, Warriors, or Clippers. Da- da- Dallas is the one that I think that's the... That that's the most gettable one for them. If they're the number three, but we'll it, see. Yeah. They, I mean, they still got they still got work to do to hold off uh, hold off Phoenix. Yeah, and the Kings do have the number one offense in basketball. They but I, I think they just have points. Yeah, that was a pretty amazing game where the Clippers could score 175 points. And my biggest takeaway was bashing my head against the wall of the, their late game offense, including Russ and Mason Blumley. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we need to talk about the? I, I don't think either of us think the Kings are a real contender, right? No, I, I think they just. Not only are they, uh, I think you know Sabonis, Fox. Like I'm just not sure how good those guys are going to be in a playoff setting when you can scheme them more. Maybe more Sabonis than Fox, uh, but also just the lack of two way players. I think there's just too much that's exploitable, uh, and they just don't have the experience level either. So the L.A. Clippers. What is your opinion of the Russell Westbrook buyout signing? Good God, man. Like, what What are you doing? I, I So there was this sort of small window I envisioned where I thought maybe this can work if they sort of put him in a box, say, okay, we're going to play you and PG and Choir off the court, and then you can generate offense and you'll be better at it than some of these other guys we've had to try in that spot. And we'll live with the inefficiency because it's shot creation and the other guys just can't do it at all. But instead, they have him out there with with their two best offensive players just taking possessions away from him, you know, time after time um and like it's an act of sabotage almost right it certainly seemed like lawrence frank wasn't quite on board with the idea that's a, a, a weird vibes coming out right like a lot more enthusiasm from the coach than from the gm on that one yeah I, I, and just watching the end of that king's game where Kawhi leonard is like 12 of 16 from the field he's got 40 points with four minutes left in the game and he scores four despite playing another four full quarter of basketball because 
they are double teaming him off of Russell Westbrook's man every single time. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I think will they figure it out? They've lost three straight since they they brought him in. I don't. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, it's not his fault. You know, he had seventeen and fourteen in the first game with them. But it's like, here's the thing: like, a lot of times, Russ, and this would even be the case with the Lakers. It's like, oh, he's playing well. Like he's earned the right to close, right? So it's like, like well, he's playing well. Like, yeah, we'll leave, we got to leave him out there. He's also starting, by the way. Mm-hmm. But no matter how well he's played, the chance of him just doing something incredibly dumb or the other team just exploiting his lack of shooting at the end of the game is so large it's yeah. just it's so risky to have him out there at the end of the game yeah i agree i i, I gotta be i thought losing at home to minnesota after those other two games was like almost a disqualifying event like like okay i'm sorry i'm done i like i can't take you seriously anymore yeah why couldn't he have just signed with the wizards it would have been such a good fit with the wizards yeah it would have been well would have been would have probably gone a little better wizards wizards are a little looking a little frisky now but not, they didn't have monte morris last night so they definitely could have used him last night yeah washington wizards contenders or pretenders john um <laughs> i think there's one, one other team we probably gotta talk about is the maps i think that's well, well actually no where... we, we hold on hold on sorry we that was a too fast out of an of an analysis uh okay Kawhi leonard looks like Kawhi leonard do you agree with me on that mostly yeah I, offensively yeah like i still I, I don't know if i've quite felt the awesomeness as much at the at the defensive end right and then this supporting cast is i what it looked like on paper coming into the year was a bunch of good players who could sort of uplift the the two superstars that were there and what it's played as more is a bunch of mildly above replacement players who can't really do a whole hell of a lot on their own am i, am I being too harsh there no i i don't think so and eric gordon has looked awful for them uh he's negative 13 in seven minutes last night uh, he, he hasn't looked good on defense either the plumley addition i just uh, i mean at least zubats was back but i just i never really quite understood that when they also want to play five out like nick batum has continues to shoot the ball well but he hasn't been the same force he was defensively like back in the 21 playoffs yeah there's the russ issue as well yeah covington hasn't played at all like yeah he's although i think that that, that's the one that's wild to me if they were gonna play russ like i actually think covington's a pretty good fit with him but uh that's uh, they haven't gone that direction so i i'm just you know marcus morris is looking really slowly i'm just not sure these guys can defend at quite high enough of a level to really be a severe threat where Kawhi and it's possible Kawhi might just be the best player in the Western Conference playoffs again I'm not going to totally rule that out but I mean it would take that type of performance and they also have to defend like this you certainly none of no series that this team is going to be in is going to be an easy no I just it's going to be a uh, I just think it's going to be a well easy easy for them I should say sorry yeah 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 yeah. I they they have a hard time generating easy baskets and they don't really have a number three guy and there's just a lot I'm out like yeah you're out so would you you would have them uh you'd have them below the Warriors and the Suns yes very interested to see what this game at Golden State no Steph is going to look like on Thursday like that that's a big game for them they they need to win that game um Dallas 
Yeah, another team that's starting a buyout guy. Like, what the hell, people? Like, how long? How long are they going to do that for? Like, do you think they just had to promise him that to get him in? Like, it seems wow. like it's kind of melting down a little bit there right now. Yeah, um, I mean, they've lost a bunch of close games, so you don't want to uh, like overreact too too much to that. But yeah, like, I, it's another one. Like, okay, I'm supposed to take you seriously as a contender, and you just lost at home to the fucking Pacers with all your players available, right? Like, sorry, like I. I, that and, and it's not just the one game it's that that game dropped you to 32 and 31 like you've, you've had 60 games already where you've disappointed me um so yeah I, don't, I at this point I just don't I just don't really see it I think things are getting weird with with kid I just even with Kyrie there the the secondary options are just man it's some some weak stuff there now um yeah. getting claimed maybe back bringing help yeah. But I, yeah. he also like he's thirty. He's thirty one now. Like I don't know if he's at quite where he was two years ago. Yeah, maybe having him back, then you can maybe play Wood a little bit more now. That helps you kind of just be competent defensively and just completely kill people off. And that's the biggest thing is that they just haven't exploded the way you would expect them to so far. And then also the Luca Kyrie fit has been clunky at the end of games. Maybe they can figure out a way to just play better off. I mean, that's, I don't think they're going to get any better on defense. Like I think they, there's still untapped offensive potential here that I'm not willing to rule out yet. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying to, they're just hoping to catch lightning in a bottle basically. And I, even if Luca and Kyrie click, I just don't think the rest of the team is good enough. Yeah. I mean, they could be the best offense in the Western conference playoffs, but we just haven't seen that yet. Yeah. They could also, if they're the th- six seed lose to the Kings in the first round, I think very easily. Yes. hundred percent. So I, I guess for me, I'm I just am trying to embrace the uncertainty here and I maybe it's possible by the start of the playoffs if some of these teams start playing well that I'll be able to be more in on some of them possibly I mean I'm trying to I'm trying to use like that five percent bar like I'm trying not to get like I'm not saying it's mathematically impossible for these other teams but it's you know let's let's be realistic about what is likely and what is not yeah, I'm a, I would put Dallas below that 5%. I would say Golden State and Clearly. Phoenix, I would probably have above. Clippers are like, I probably would have them below, I would say. I, I just, I, they have so I, many I of these there, parts too. Like the Clippers don't know how they want to play. You just added a guy who's maybe the hardest guy to fit around in the entire NBA in your starting lineup. <laughs> But, yeah, and I mean that's uh, obviously it's fixable to an extent to an extent, and that they could go back to playing man. But it's just it's just hard to get excited about them and where they're going. What is it like? What does the ceiling for that team even look like? I'm just not sure it's really that high, even with Kawhi and PG be- being there. All right, well, this was fun. I'm glad that we uh, we got a chance to go through all these. So we'll see what happens. So we got a big month coming up. We got to uh, look back on last year's trade deadline. That's always fun to do. We got to do some coach rankings, as I mentioned. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Sh- should be remember, interesting. It's yeah. not really dunked on until we're dunking on your team's title hopes. <laughs> should that be our new slogan? Ah, with with that. Uh, <laughs> we can we can wrap up here. Thanks so much for being a subscriber, and we'll talk to you all next time. Till then. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.